This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome in. Beautiful Thursday. Thursday. It's Kenny and Heilprin. No, I'm going to cater to my great co-host, Zach, and say the name of the day like it is meant to be said. It is a Thursday. We are live. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin. What's up, buddy? What's going on? It's beautiful outside. It's too bad we can't do the show outside. It is too bad. I think we could, but neither of us put in the effort to figure out if we actually could. Now, I, I will say I was outside earlier today. It was wonderful. I was thinking about win totals. Like, it's May. I, I You kind of reach a point with college football, and, and this is what the NFL is so good at. Every single moment of the calendar, something is happening. Whether it's free agency, everybody talks about it. Whether it's the draft, that's a month, everybody talks about it. Post-draft, and now the schedule, that'll carry on. Then you have minicamp. Headlines will be made in whatever way. The NFL does such a good job at dominating the schedule. It's like the only time that they don't have domination on it is about three weeks in July. But even then, you're still getting jacked up and ready for training camp. Or on New Year's Eve when the college football playoff games are I don't know if you noticed today when that schedule schedule came out. The Packers play on New Year's Eve. That night. Yes. They play play on New Year's Eve. Badgers play in the college football playoff this year. And I, it won't get the shine it deserves in the state because the freaking Packers are going to play they, some some nobody team. They should just wait until next year uh, to get in the playoff. Sure, or 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 I'll be the only one pumping my chest. Yeah, out there with the bad. Everyone's talking. Oh, can Jordan Love do this? It's like no. Badgers have a game tonight, but I I will say college football. Love it to death. Favorite sporting thing in the world next to baseball. And the one thing they don't do well, I would say, is dominate the calendar. Now, they, so they added the portal windows. Getting better at it. They, they're improving at it, and they, under, they obviously it's the same type of television business. But I will, like, they added the portal windows, and it kind of overlapped with spring practice. I think there are some decisions to be made in the future of how do they actually separate everything. So... They make sure spring practice is done everywhere. Then they open the portal window to get everybody talking about it. Then we get post-portal. I don't know what they do during the summer. I, they're putting out lists, and, and we get mad at lists. Even though I, I'm not mad at a list today, believe it or not. I saw many that snubbed the Badgers, whether it's a safety position or defensive coordinator. What do you t- oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. No, they're yeah. stupid lists. Well, what do, you, what do you think about Andy Ludwig being ahead of Phil Longo as one of the top offensive have, coordinators in the country. I've, I've no opinion yeah. at all because <laughs> like they passed Wisconsin. Oh, you put Phil Parker over Jim Leonard. I'm going to be pissed. I, I can't take that. Like you put a certain position group ahead of Wisconsin's anything. I yeah. Thought, I thought the linebackers were way too high. <laughs> they were eighth. I was going to bring that up later. Let's do it now. <laughs> uh, this, this, uh, th- this list that's out I there. I was kind of joking, but go ahead on, uh, on, I don't know where Pro it football is. Focus, wasn't it? No, this is on three. Oh, linebacker wise. Okay, yeah. Pro Football Focus did the coaches top ten linebacker units. Wisconsin's eighth, which is fourth a, in the Big Ten. Just projection. No, they looked at the Wisconsin. They said they make good linebackers, so we're going to put them high. I think they have a fine linebacking core. 
But we don't know. That's that's my problem right now. It's like if this was a normal, if this had been a normal offseason, I would be in the same mindset I am every year, which is, is Graham Mertz finally going to play well? <laughs> and then I think about all the other good things that are out there. Now it's like I can't even get mad at lists because I don't even know what the team looks like realistically. You know what I mean? Well, you didn't know what Graham Mertz was going to look like. Uh, well, we could project. Yeah, but, but you were but, hoping it was going to be something different than what it had been. What you're hoping with the obviously with the linebacker group is that it's going to be exactly what it's been or maybe a little bit better than it's than it was last year maybe it goes back to 2021 which seems like very very high bar to, to hit considering the guys that were uh, made up that linebacker crew uh two of them got drafted and, and one of them became a starter as a, as a as a rookie so um i i feel that's that's a ton of respect for wisconsin more so than what actually is on the team yep that surprised me. Uh, Phil Longo is the number four offensive coordinator in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. Andy Ludwig at Utah is ahead of him. Yes, Andy Ludwig, who has overseen, oversaw, excuse me, the three, the third and fourth best offenses in school history. When was he at Wisconsin? 13 and 14. 2013 and 14. They could not pass the ball in 2014 at all. But Melvin Gordon ran for 2,500 yards, so it didn't really matter. But in 2013, oh, oh, he was the Gary Anderson OC. Yes, he was. Okay, uh, he came. Gotcha. With, yeah, he uh, forgot about that. Yeah, he was a. Again, Joel Stave had his best year under him: 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. No, um, no, Utah's. I mean, clearly playing some ball. Yeah, again, I don't think anybody at Wisconsin would have ever put him up there. But if you look at the offenses <laughs> at Wisconsin that he had, I mean, the, considering the limitations they had at quarterback, especially in 2014, to be able to score the points that they did. Says a lot. Then again, again, working with Alfred Gordon and James White. And, <laughs> this is this is yeah. also so funny. This is only based on last year. It's not based on anything else. Garrett Riley goes from TCU to Clemson. Oh, TCU's in the national title. They had a cool offense. Boom, you're there. Number two, Ryan Grubb, who I haven't heard of. He's at Washington. And Michael Penix goes there, and they have a great offense. Okay, he's the number two. It's just based on one year. Just based on who the quarterback is, right? <laughs> exactly. It, so it, so it's Phil based... Longo, Drake May. <laughs> right, and, and Phil Longo's four. After... I, who's, who's the quarterback? Uh, they had a, a, a good quarterback at Utah. He's back, right? not he? Cam Rising. Cam Rising. Oh, God, I love Cam Rising. He's, he's not back, though, right? Well, he's, he tore he's his ACL senior. in the Rose Bowl. He is back. Is he? Yeah, but he's probably going to miss a portion of the season. Yeah. I don't know. Fun team, Utah, uh, out west. But this is also the thing that you get when you go to those magazines that you love so much is like the position, <laughs> the, you know, like the, the unit rankings all up, up, you know, all over the country or in the Big Ten. It's, it's fun. It's all projection. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Defensive coordinators, number one, Phil Parker of, of Iowa. That's, I mean, at least that's based on, you know, his, his history. He's been at Iowa for 60 years. Jesse Minter at Michigan. Jim Knowles, number three. Some Big Ten flavor at the top. They have Manny Diaz up there, even. Uh, Joe Rossi uh, for your Minnesota Golden Gophers. There, uh, no no Mike Tressel. And I here's I the one thing I'll be mad at. I don't give a damn that Jim Leonard doesn't have a job. He still should be number one. <laughs> just just you know, no logo up just there? Just pencil him in. Yeah. Um, uh, Phil Parker, who's the head coach of that team? That would be Kirk Ferentz. And he's an offensive guy, right? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, he was. He was an offensive line guy. Um, the coach up in Minnesota, who's, who's, Oof. what's his name? I, you're going to have to look that one up. Absolute nobody. He's an <laughs> offensive guy. That's what he is. Here at Wisconsin, Luke Fickle, what is he? He is a defensive guy. I feel like more so than any other place. Not in any other place. 
any other position, if your head coach is a defensive guy, your defensive coordinator gets overlooked, I think. Like, it's it's like Luke Fickle is the defense coordinator, and he is somehow – and he does play a significant role. But just like to ignore what Mike Trussell did, especially in 2021 at Cincinnati with the defensive guys that they had, is just a slap in the face. But I'm not saying he should be a top 10 guy. I just say, I just think it's kind of overlooked because of who the head coach is and because of what side of the ball the, the uh, head coach has an influence on. No, you're right. Uh, James Franklin, I believe, he's an offensive yep. guy. Manny Diaz is there. Jim Ryan Day's an offensive guy. Jim Knowles is up there. You're right. You're right. As I go through all of it, uh, Brian Kelly as well. Guy uh, Matt House. Hadn't really heard of him. but he, Matt House was Paul Chris defensive coordinator at Pitt. Really? Back in the day. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I, did not, well, nobody wanted him Nobody wanted him to come here. He's the one who molded Aaron Donald? Uh, I'm going to give credit to the defensive line coach in that uh, situation, sure. which was um, Coach K. Um, no, who was it? It doesn't really matter. But, yeah, Matt House was the, was the, line, was the defensive coordinator for, for Paul Christ at Pitt and was not very good. Yeah, and uh, Alabama... Nick Saban, defensive guy. Yeah. And their DC is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, it's Alabama, it's a, you right. know? Yeah. And, 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 yeah, they had a, a down year what for about their Kirby standards. Is, what about Georgia? Yeah, they have Schumann and Muschamp up there, number four. Okay. I guess they have co-DCs. Yeah. And, and Kirby Smart was obviously a defensive guy. Yeah. So it's not universal, but I think more often than not. And Will Muschamp is, is a different. Well, it's hard to knock what uh, you it's have It's also to. Will Muschamp who has a name and has a history and the Georgia defense has done a thing or two in the last couple of seasons. Yes. <laughs> so yes. you also have safety rankings from on three. I, I didn't realize this was talk about list day, but mm. I, we have a lot to get to coming up. Uh, we talked about wind Are totals Wisconsin safeties in there. Well, I'll get to that in a second. We talked about wind totals on Tuesday and you gave me some homework to look at each team's average win total they face in Big Ten play. And you did it. I, I did it, believe it or not. I was shocked to see that. Uh, I put in work for the show for once. Uh, and and we'll tell you where Wisconsin lands and some takeaways from that exercise. The on three safety rankings, Wisconsin is not there. That was the one list I looked at. It was like, I mean, by the end of the season, I think we definitely look back and say that they are. I mean, I'm not going to tell you something informative about Miami safeties. I, I have no clue. No clue. I have no clue at all. They have a chance. They have a chance to be really, 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 really good. That's all I can say about it. I, yeah. I don't know that it's it's all going to play out, but they're going to get a ton of opportunities. All three of the, the big guys, if they're able to stay healthy with Kamoe Latu, Travion Blaylock, and Hunter Wohler in a variety of ways are going to have opportunities. And then you look at Austin Brown and Preston Zachman and – you know, whoever, so maybe it's one of the young guys jumps up. There's so many, there's so many opportunities for those guys because of the way that way they're going to play defense. Yeah, we were, we were, well, we talked Tuesday as well, I think. And then we were speaking before the show about uh, tiers of Big Ten quarterbacks <laughs> and what Marvin Harrison Jr. will do for maybe Kyle McCord at Ohio State and how Wisconsin will defend him. Now, there aren't that many dudes like that on, on it, there's no dudes like that in the country. But generally speaking, Wisconsin will not face many top five talent wide receivers this season from what I be, from what I think I know about the teams that they're going to be facing. But how do you defend those guys? And I'm sure a good portion of that strategy 
which again, hopefully does not involve signs being held up on the sideline or, or maybe they practice it beforehand. Uh, I'm but, sure they did practice it beforehand, but they never used it in a game before and they didn't use it game after that. So it was one off and it was pathetic. <laughs> uh, but I figure the safeties, uh, they'll be part of, of that strategy. Now the trouble with the Buckeyes is how do you stop the other 15 NFL players they have? I'd concentrate and on Buka. Marvin. I, I, I concentrate on Travion Henderson. They have the kid. I, it took me a second to realize this. For some reason, Wisconsin's bowl opponents over the last couple seasons, starting with Wake Forest in the Dukes Mayo Bowl in 2020, those players they went up against, either guys who opted out or ended up staying or transferring, all somehow have woven in to either the Badgers or the Packers realm. Like, well, Sam Hartman, for instance, obviously goes to Notre Dame. He's the most coveted transfer back in this year's cycle. Zach Tom was on that team. He's on the Packers now. There were a bunch of dudes. And then with Arizona State especially, a lot of those guys opted out. One of them was a linebacker, DeMontre Trianum. Okay. I probably butchered it. That's close. He transferred to Ohio State where he became a running back. And then their spring game, all the Buckeye fans were tweeting this video of him having a touchdown run. It was like the Badgers spring game. It's like no one tackled. Like no one was tackling. You know who was horrible in that game? Not horrible, but wasn't any good in that game, in that bowl game against Arizona State? It was Jane Daniels. Right. Could not throw the ball. And now he's leading LSU, goes down to LSU, and has a, a really solid end of last season. And they are all now expecting him to be like a, a top 15 pick next year. Oh, gosh. People... I, I saw a list today. People had him as a top 10 quarterback in the country. I said top 10. I said top 15 pick in the draft. Right. That would put him in the top 10 quarterbacks. In the yeah. Country. Speaking of lists where Badger people were not included. No oh. Tanner Mordecai there. Tanner Mordecai. Yeah. Where would you have Tanner Mordecai? In the country? Yeah. I would need to go through and look at the other quarterbacks, <laughs> but I would start at number 30 and then work up. Depending work, on the season. Work up, work down. Meaning work towards one. Okay. Like the better he does, he works towards one. Is he, I, is he would he be higher than Graham Mertz? I think so. Yes. Okay. His track record's better. He's in a better offense. Apparently, down in Florida, their the offensive system around Mertz is just horrible. Like their line is a disaster. Apparently, that was a poor choice by him. Well, because we all know when the line does not work well for him, he does not work well for anybody else. Well, who knows? Who knows uh, if there were choices? I, I, I figured there were. were plenty of choices other than just going to an SEC school like that. Take Tebow's number. And t- <laughs> hey, they didn't take Florida didn't take any other quarterbacks in the portal. They're like they're all in on either Mertz or Jack Miller, whoever uh, wins the job. They're still working on that, I think. Hey, I, I, I'm just saying. No one I, expected. I'm just I was reading about that. Nobody expected Graham Mertz to be the long term fixture, like because he's got two years of eligibility, right? But nobody expected oh, it to be like this year and I next he year. One. Oh no, he's got two. He's got because he's got his COVID year, so no one expected him to be <laughs> like the long term fix. And they do have a five star guy coming in next year, like as a true freshman. Not but, the kid that their no. NIL thing. Botched. Rashida, Rashida, no. Um, but Rashida probably would have competed for the starting job. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they're they're in a little bit of, they're in a little bit of hurting. And I again, if any quarterback pops in the portal, I think they'll they're, they'll go after him. Oh yeah. Well, Casey Thompson no longer in the portal. He went to FAU, and then Peyton Thorne, former Michigan State guy, went to Auburn. Auburn, yeah. That's how many people comparing them to Mertz, the same former Big Ten quarterback who's in the portal. Well, because 
Thorne and Thompson were each in the portal after Mertz, Mertz is already a Florida. Of those whether, three, who would you want? Whether Florida would go after them. I want Casey Thompson of, of those three. I think Casey Thompson's good. Now, why did he go to Florida Atlantic? I don't know, <laughs> to be completely honest. A guaranteed job. Didn't clearly. want to compete anywhere. Yeah. But I, I, I might take Thorne over Mertz, too, given recent history. But it's not like down at Auburn, they're all set up offensively perfectly either. They're coming off a pretty disaster offensive year. They let Sean Clifford run like 50 on him. Packers backup Sean Clifford. That is Packers fifth round pick. Gosh, Sean Clifford. I, the, I, when the Packers schedule came out, it, this has to do with college football. Schedule comes out today. The three preseason games. I made sure to look at them because those are the games where the state is going to tell us that Sean Clifford should start instead of Jordan Love. That's what you're hoping for? No, it's going to happen. It happens every year. You're expecting Oh, Danny Etling comes in. Oh, he's better than Love. Bankert's there. Oh, he's better than Love. You should go back. uh, Playing against the threes. 08, 09, and 10. uh, 08, 09, and 10. They let Aaron Rodgers play, like, a significant amount of preseason games, obviously, because he was still relatively new. He tore it up. Early, early, like, those, you could tell how good those offenses were going to be. They tore it up in preseason. Yeah, Love didn't much, but hey, Badger show. He was fine against. He was fine against San Francisco. Yeah, he was fine. Who would I be to project my Jordan Love takes upon the listening audience of? You would not be anybody. This fine program. All right, it's Kenny and Heilprin. Let's do this. We will step away when we come back. A win total exercise. We look at the 2023 Big Ten season. We know Wisconsin's schedule is easy, but how easy is it? I went through some of the win totals and compared them to. The rest of the conference will tell you the results. We will react to it when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're back. Kenny and Heilprin taking you up until 7 o'clock. Uh, a programming note uh, no shows next week. Have. A lot of other stuff going on, and be it that it is the middle of May, and again, uh, the show would be me just talking to you about what I think, you know, about Purdue's chances to win the West, which I could just filter into other conversations. Yeah, I'm not going on vacation; I'm just going to be out of town. Yes, so it's not it's it's not like I'm no, there's other stuff going to be on. away. Yeah, it's just yeah. Well, a year ago it was actually June 30th it happened, but a year ago this time of year is when USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. Was it? I, I looked up the date of our show. Oh, it was so June 30th. Yep. So that's a way also college football can try to start getting back into the headlines, is break news like that. There is some uh, Big Ten-related big-picture news that we'll touch on in a bit. I'm not going to call it dominating the headlines because it's stupid, but we'll touch on that. The win totals for the 2023 season – We spoke about Wisconsin's on Tuesday as well as the rest of the West and elsewhere. So, Zach, the Badgers are at eight eight and a half. I want to start. Early feel, early hedge. Can we go over under here given their schedule? Are you asking for me? Because I I, I am uh, throwing you a lob for you to say over. I'm going to say over. And because the one that I saw was at nine. And so I had to go, you know, you actually had to think about it. I would, and I I took the over at nine as well. Okay, so 
over under nine, but nine can't be a push. You would say the more likely well, 10 unless than your eight. Name, unless your name is Jesse Temple, in which case uh, you're, you're taking push. Um, that's <laughs> well, exact, that's what I did. That's exactly what Jesse did on the, on the camp earlier this week. That's a shame. Yes. La- last year I tried to throw it out. I think they were nine and a half or eight and a half or nine as well. And if the number was nine on the dot, okay, what's more likely? More than nine or fewer than nine? Because that, I think, is an interesting discussion. Clearly, fewer became the right answer, and the head coach got fired. <laughs> yes. But I would agree with you. Looking at the schedule, I would lean over. Obviously, much of it dependent on the team and how things shake out. Now, in the Big Ten West, and we'll go to the East after, I went through it today, and the average opponent win total Wisconsin will face now, this doesn't mean much because win totals have to do with out-of-conference games. The Badgers don't play themselves, which means they're naturally boosted. Even though maybe I'd argue that the fact that they're looking, they're, they're set to be good is a good thing, and it means more losses for opponents. But it's a, I can't quantify that. I'm not that smart. The Badgers' average win total in conference, even with Ohio State, who is sitting at 10.5, the average win total is 6. It's just a hair above 6 in terms of who they play. Now, that's heavily weighted with Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, all at six and a half. Again, for different reasons, Minnesota's schedule is really tough. But I, it's by far the lowest in the conference. And, Zach, I did the math. If you take away the Ohio State game and instead divide the rest of the eight games, the average win total they face is five and a half. Five and a half. Are, are you saying it's not a great schedule? For reference, Rutgers... Has a win total of four and a half. Like, like they are playing on average a team right in the middle of Minnesota and Rutgers. Well, we're talking about their conference schedule. Correct. Only conference. Right. So is the over-under in conference? No, the over-under is total. But still, I, that's why I said this doesn't mean much because they're dependent on other things. Yeah. Yet still, it's a good, inca- like it's how does Vegas view these teams in terms of overall quality? All There's right. something there. There is. All right. Let's, let's, let's run through it. Why don't we run through this here? All right. Uh, I'll, uh, Buffalo, Wisconsin. Who you got? Oh, wins and losses? Yes, let's do this. As, let's, and let's, let's get a number. That's a win. All right, that's one. Wisconsin at Washington State. I'm going to back myself into, like, <laughs> I know what you're going to do. 13 and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wisconsin at Washington State. That's a win. That's it's two. A, it's a close win. That's 2-0. and oh. Wisconsin hosting Georgia Southern. That's the a, big, bad Georgia Southern that took down Nebraska last year. That's a win. That's three and zero. Wisconsin at Purdue on a Friday night, even though it's a Friday, which is an abomination. It's a win. They haven't lost to Purdue in almost my entire life. Two thousand three is the last time they lost to Purdue. Rutgers comes to Wisconsin. Wisconsin four and zero at this point in your mind. Yes. Uh, yeah, they beat Rutgers. They beat Rutgers, so they're five and zero with Iowa coming to town on the fourteenth of October. That's a loss. That is a loss. I was a loss. That's a five and one. I mean, record. I have to get to to ten and two somehow. Five and one record. Wisconsin at Illinois the following week. They win that. Ooh, really? Then they lose to Ohio State. Six and one. Ohio. Okay, Ohio State's a, Ohio State's a loss. So six and two. Then you got them beating at Indiana, Northwestern, home to Nebraska, and at Minnesota. You have them winning the rest of them to get to ten and two. I have them winning the next three with the final game deciding the fate of the West. Well, you've already said over, so. Uh, you believe that Wisconsin's winning that one? Well, I, no. If they lost, they would be nine and three. 
And if they won, they're ten and two. If the over under is eight and a half, then they're. they're what about clear but you anyway. said you were leaning towards the. I thought you were going to go. You were trying to. You did, literally just said you were finding a way to get to ten and two. All right. Yeah. Uh, they beat Minnesota. Okay. That's where I'm at. But you look through it and and listen. Even in previous years, I don't have the data in front of me, but previous teams, even if you take away like an Ohio State game, a, a huge game, there were still other games along the way. Obviously, these like they still have to play. And a lot's going to change when the season comes. But I don't remember a more favorable draw than this one. Aside from the fact the bye week, I think, is too early in, in week five. I would like it to be later. Like Other teams, other notable ones in the Big Ten in terms of average opponent win total. Purdue is last in the, it's the highest in the West, 7.11. I think that's part of the reason their win totals are five. And a new coach. Minnesota is at seven. That's a full win. On average, every single game in terms of the opponent, higher than the Badgers. Over in the East, obviously it's going to be inflated given teams up there, but Ohio State's is is 6.67. The lowest in the East is Michigan, 6.44. And the highest in the entire conference, Indiana and Michigan State, because they can't play themselves, uh, 7.38. It's just the, the discrepancy between what Vegas sees the Badgers facing and what it's these other teams facing, one of those teams being the Badgers, I like is it, it's notable. It's huge. It's huge. It is. It is. I also think they have a stupid loss. And yeah. that's why I don't think they lose to Iowa. I think they have a stupid loss and they and I've already look, haven't I already said they're gonna beat Ohio State? So that's not that's not the loss, right? <laughs> I think they have I think they have a stupid loss somewhere, which I could see being Washington State. Right, but that one, I'm totally, okay, I'm not fine with it. That would stink. But in the grand scheme of it, it wouldn't do anything to their chances to do what we want them to do this season, in my opinion. Right, and then I think the Illinois game also yeah, that's, is an interesting one because it's on the road. It's the week before Ohio State. It likely, could, in my opinion, is going to be coming off a big win against Iowa, a physical game against Iowa, and you're that's just a... Certainly not going to call it a, a trap because uh, Illinois is a good team. They handled Wisconsin with ease last year. So um, not, not a trap game, but certainly one of those games. Where it's like, oh. huh? look, at, look at all the factors. It's a look-ahead spot. Look at all the factors. No, you're coming off a rivalry game against Iowa. Tough physical game against Iowa. Yes. Against then, a great offense. And then having to come. Yes. And then having to come <laughs> back the next week and play another physical game, which is what Brett Bielma has turned Illinois into. It's a physical team now. And the Ohio State game the next week, I think that's that's a possibility. That's, they've 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 got a stupid loss in them, and I think that, that yeah, that and you're, you're on the road it. in that like Casper mattress store stadium where it's just asleep. It, it's not though, it's not anymore. I I see it as that, but Il- yes, yes, there's like for your whole your whole experience, yes. When Illinois is good, that stadium's good, and and as is the most as is the case at most places. And there's a bunch of excitement around the Illini after last season. Here's something to remember, though. And, and Brett Bielema's interview with us last year. I think that, that jazzed a lot of people up. <laughs> uh, no, it's me not knowing what their AD looks like. <laughs> Ohio State comes to Madison in week nine. The week before that, you mentioned Wisconsin plays Illinois. Ohio State gets Penn State at home. And Penn State, what I believe and what many are describing them as, this could be the year for Penn State to finally go and and get theirs against Michigan and Ohio State and not just be a 10-2 and two team with those same losses every year. So 
okay, yeah, the Badgers come off a game against Illinois, which I agree. If you want to circle a trap game, that's the trap game. I would say maybe Purdue entering the bye, but but nothing screams trap like pre-Ohio State, post-Iowa with a physical team. But Ohio State is not in a completely different situation. Like, like they're going to get, they're going to be in the trenches a lot against Penn State. Night game. Well, I shouldn't say it. Maybe not a guaranteed night game. I was going to, Fox still has the stupid. Yes, it does. Still has the stupid ability to, to hold that game. That'd be such a good 11 o'clock game. That'd be such a perfect NBC <laughs> Saturday night game. Who's going to, I was thinking about this. Who's going to call those games? NBC? Yeah. Is they've, it, already, they've already decided. Is it Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett? It is not. Okay, that's good. It is not. That's good. Um, I would have to do some research. I, I'm pretty sure they've already decided it. I would love it to be. I feel, Tur- like, it's, I feel like it's Tariko. But I, but, Tariko and someone other than Dungey. That would be cool. But again, they do the Notre Dame game. So who like, I don't know who would. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. Well, I, NBC's cheating on their, on their homies over there at, in uh, South Bend and Notre Dame. Uh, other, other notable, let's say, big differences between a team's win total and the win total they're facing. Oh, Al Michaels. No, that's good. I'm and just I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, yeah, he's at Amazon now. Yeah. Uh, Purdue, their win total is five. The average team they'll face is 7.1. They have a really tough schedule. Actually, when I looked at it, tough entrance for their new coach. They get Ohio State and Michigan from the east and then have the rest of the west in there as well. So that's Purdue. Uh, Minnesota's is quite high. Northwestern's is gigantic compared to its win total. That's because Northwestern, again, figures to not be good. Um, Penn State, their win total is nine and a half. They're, the average team they play is down at six and a half. So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, there's not a lot to take away from it, but it's of note, really, when you just look at the fact that Wisconsin plays uh, nobody, to be nice. Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. Okay. Not... Iron Eagle, Noah Eagle. Yeah, I like Todd Blackledge. Yeah. He's he's done some he's done some college games I remember watching. And Catherine Tappan on the sideline. Cool. I will I will have an open mind to that. Hundred percent open minds. I will not enter with a a vendetta like I did against Jason Garrett when he was in the booth. <laughs> not to mention I we don't need to go there. No. All right. Uh, anything else from general win totals? Win total season? Did do you have any Zach Heilprin best bets? I don't. Aside from Wisconsin. uh, uh, Taking down Ohio State for the first time in 13 years. I look through the Minnesota schedule again. There are two teams in the West that get Ohio State and Michigan. One of them is Purdue. And they also play a legit out-of-conference slate. They have Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and a Bulldog that looks like Fresno State. I have pictures ahead of me in terms of logos yeah. and some stupid schools don't have the letters. They just have animals. Uh, and then Minnesota has, they play North Carolina, which is interesting. And then there's like a, a, a new Orleans Pelicans symbol here on, on Minnesota schedule. It, it doesn't say anything about the school. Let me see it. It's red and black Louisiana. It's Louisiana something. I'll, I'll go look, but what's, anyway, what's kind of like the GS that was on, Wisconsin schedule that they yeah. handed out. Like, what the hell is that? It is. It is. But at least that tells you who they're playing. I guess Georgia Southern just has an eagle. But I'm used Georgia to... Southern has, like, a bunch of different logos, and Wisconsin chose the one that I've never seen before. It's on my fridge. The magnet. Yeah, so is mine. It's on my fridge. Uh, but 
Minnesota Purdue, the two teams that play both Michigan and Ohio State in the crossover games with these. So if you want to look at an early handicapping of the division, which teams don't do that. Now, Iowa avoids the two entirely, but they get Penn State. And then Wisconsin obviously gets only Michigan State. But it, early indications are it's a it's a two-horse Iowa-Wisconsin race. And we all know that's not how it's going to end. No, no. Again, I, I would not be shocked for it to be like it was last year. There's a little bit of a, a muddle in the middle. But I that would suck because that means uh, that means Wisconsin's not the team that we all thought they are. Yeah. But again, would you be surprised if it happens? No. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I think it's there's not going to be that that muddle in the middle because Wisconsin actually is going to jump back and, and grab back control of the division for the first time in four years. I agree. Wow. It's been a while. Uh, let's do this. Let's step away when we come back. The Big Ten is thinking about doing something that I don't like. And despite where you fall on playoff expansion, my thoughts have been made clear. I think we can all get behind rooting against what is being proposed. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We're back, Kenny and Heilprin. Again, uh, no shows next week. We will be back uh, following following Monday, I, I believe. We shall see. Freaking Brewers just keep playing at this time slot, which is good. I like baseball, but they knock us off the air. So, uh, Zach, the the Big Ten is going through a lot of change. In 2024, USC and UCLA will join the conference. It's going to be, first of all, it's going to be interesting to watch those schools play this year, just generally speaking, because then we're a year removed from what we'll see, probably see on the Badger schedule. 2024 is also when the college football playoff will expand to 12 teams, much to my chagrin, dismay, much to my anger. There are a lot of descriptive words I could use there, but it's happening, and I'll watch it. Brett McMurphy of... Action Network tweeted this yesterday. The Big Ten is, quote, strongly considering removing its requirement for league teams to play a Power Five non-conference team annually starting in 2024 when the playoff expands, which would mean, uh, obviously, the Badgers play Washington State this year. It has a requirement that you have to play a Power Five conference team out of conference every season. Wisconsin has some awesome games coming up against Bama, uh, Virginia Tech down there near 2030, <laughs> been on the schedule for 30 years. It's but like, yeah, it's like I, I hate this. I I hate the things, and this is just a small piece of it. But I, I don't like the things that I believe the playoff will bring. One of them being, like the great part about college football are great games. And in the beginning of the season, before conference play, those matchups. Obviously, it's all you have. Aside from that, it's Wisconsin against Georgia Southern, which is cool for Badger fans. I don't know how cool it is for the rest of the sport. You take all is those it, good... Is it cool for Badger fans? Not really, Okay, even. it's not. No. But it's a game. Yeah, it's it, No. Games against Alabama. Games against Pitt. Games against Notre Dame. Games against Utah. Games against UCLA. Obviously, they're going to be in a conference. Games against Virginia Tech, in theory. <laughs> like, all those are are exciting. And when you don't have those games and you don't have them on the schedule, it makes for like a really, really weak home schedule. And last year's home schedule, Washington State's not a draw. 
So I, I'm not going to throw Washington State in there, and I'm not going to throw – probably should throw Pitt in there either. But, like, some of these other Power 5 teams that they have scheduled are draws and would be exciting games for people to look forward to, especially in a season where you don't have a great home schedule from the conference side of things. I I don't necessarily believe that this is going to be the end of these type of games. Mm. Just not having – like, the the requirement hasn't always been there, and yet a lot of these games have always happened. So I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as drastic maybe as you are. And maybe I'm completely naive and people are going to be like, nope, we're going to try and get to 10-2 uh, and 11-1 and one and, and however it happens, we're going to be in there. But do you want to be there at and those, those at-large bids, the six at-large bids, and be like, we didn't play anybody no. in the first three games? Yeah, oh, we're undefeated, but we didn't play any. Or, or we have one or two losses in conference, but we didn't play anybody in the non-conference, so how can we sit here and say we deserve to be in? I wouldn't want to be that team. No, it's a question of would making the playoff under those circumstances be worth not playing any interesting games during the season? And and they'll play some in conference, but again, yeah, like you said, really cool out-of-conference games coming up. The Notre Dame game, even though they lost, that was sweet. Yeah. That was awesome. Soldier Field's a dump. Yeah, I was going to say, Soldier Field's not cool. But the idea... No, Lambeau is cool. Lambeau is incredible. LSU-Wisconsin was awesome. But the idea... Notre Dame-Wisconsin in two years is going to be awesome, assuming it stays on. If they play it, yeah. They're they're, going to play it. The idea of of Wisconsin-Notre Dame for out of conference, I I love. Ohio State's playing them again this year. You got Bama-Texas. I meant 26, 2026. Here's what scares me. It's that in the beginning, most schools like Wisconsin see the value in those games and they still play them. But then there are some out there that are playoff fringe contenders or just flat out playoff contenders that start doing the sec method, which isn't the whole sec doesn't do it. Bama's playing Texas. Bama's played some legit games, but some schools in the sec from what I understand, just go, just go cupcake, cupcake, cupcake. I mean, Georgia didn't look at Georgia's schedule this coming year. Didn't they didn't like in the past, they haven't done it. Played Oregon last year. Yeah, well, sometimes it's year to year. But look at their schedule this coming year. I, what I'm scared of is schools will see a program or two do the cupcake all throughout the non-conference way. Have that be a reason, somehow a differentiator between making the playoff and not, and then other schools will follow because they know making the playoffs the goal. And then that will lead to others following that type of behavior. Tennessee, That's what scares me. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, UAB. That's that's an embarrassment. That's an atrocity. And then who's their later out of conference? Because they play eight. Georgia Tech. Oh right, right. They always play them. Still, like that's a that's a joke. That's a complete joke. We're not going to be able to also, see. That's also eight conference games as opposed to nine. Yes, we're not going to see Georgia play a real football game. Well, also their in conference schedule is pretty soft this year too. And that's not their fault. It's not. But we're not going to see Georgia play a real game until. What later in the season? They play. I don't have it in front of me. They play at Florida, which who knows? Ah. That's going to be a real game. They play at. It wasn't last year. They play at Tennessee. Okay, that's at Florida at Tennessee. That's the one. Yeah, Tennessee is the big one. But that's November eighteenth. So it it might happen. It it might not. It might change nothing. But at least this news coming out tells me that schools want the option to go with many cupcakes, and maybe for some it's about making bowl games. If you go to the bottom of the conference, I don't, when yeah. when things when they just want to start consistently making a bowl game, there's only so many bowl games to make. The, yeah, well, the, there are a lot of bowl <laughs> games. Just making a bowl game, I just I 
I don't like the idea of acting, and and this is projecting into the future, but acting as a scheduler and athletic department with only the thought of how do we make the playoff. It's like, no, as a fan, I want to see good games. And, and taking away these opportunities, and, and this is not a ban on them, it's just to say we won't require it, but it signals that there will be some that likely will follow that. I just don't like it. It's it's I again I, I don't want the playoff to rule I everything. Like, I feel like you're freaking out before something's even happened. Oh, definitely. This is a pre freak out to something that may not happen. So that I can further freak out when it happens. Okay. All right. So at least you're getting you're getting it out there in advance that you're gonna freak out when it happens. That's what you're saying? Yeah, it's well, again, this news this initiative has to come from somewhere. So I figure there are teams that are pining for this. And and I don't think everybody follows it. But over time, if others see the the cupcake strategy work, I'm scared they're going to follow that strategy. Well, who's in, who would be in charge of making this decision? I don't know. You get ads in the room with with the commissioner, and then and the commissioner you see it trickle down. And the commissioner's a TV guy. So what's the? How can they make the most money? Well, they've already, they've already got to good questions, right? It's a good question. They have the they have they have enough money. I would say trickling in at the moment. At the moment. But it's always what's next. Sure. I don't think going away from big matchups is going to be something that uh, the TV partners are going to be excited about. Mm-hmm. And so I think they still happen. Yeah. I, I do. I see that. I'm trying to think of what Fox, like last year, had as the beginning of the year games. They, they, had, they had Alabama, Texas. Right. Nebraska, yep. Oklahoma. So, yeah, I, I just want those to, even if... Like Georgia played Oregon, and Oregon turned out to be really good. Georgia stomped them. Yeah. Like they did to many teams. Even if the game turns out to be bad, still putting those two teams together gives you, first of all, for what we do, better context as to who the teams are, at least to start, and then things change. But two, it it just makes the sport better. I, I enjoy it. What what do you think the spread on that Georgia UT, U, uh, UT Martin game is? Unavailable. <laughs> Unavailable. And I mean, how much money would you have to be? How, they lost like, a lot of guys. How much money would you have to be paid to go and do that if you're Tennessee Martin? Would that be bigger than the spread of Ohio Youngstown State? Yes. But here's the thing. Ohio State Youngstown State? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, those teams put it. Or ha- how about this? Uh, Ohio State versus Indiana week one. <laughs> yes. I would project that spread in the 30s. Oh, it's going to be in the 30s. But Start I, in the 30s. Yeah. Go up. I don't even... Th- I, yeah. Look. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. There's another school that does it. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, let's find a power five opponent. Who could we possibly find? Oh, UConn. It's like, are you kidding me? They started their season last year with, with Hawaii, Eastern Michigan, and UConn. I think partially for the reason that it helps them get into the playoff. I think it helps them set their season in the right Well, direction. and they had to figure out McNamara and McCarthy. But it's, do, you, do you know what their schedule is this year? I have it in front East, of me. East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Awesome. Great job. Like, tremendous. So so I guess they could still get around it because there are a lot of power. Well, I mean, the power five won't exist anymore. There are a lot of power fives that just stink. So there you go. All right. Well, there's no, there's no power five team on that schedule. Huh. You're right. Interesting. So however that works. Yeah, well, maybe they took all of Hunter Dickinson's NIL money and, and paid it to the league office so they could find their way around the rules. Oh, Hunter Dickinson had made less than six figures last year. Oh, uh, so sorry, guy. 
Michigan basketball fans are freaking out, too. That's hilarious. It's like you should be. Your coach stinks. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll step away. We'll close it out next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Kenny and I open closing it out. Uh, no shows next week. We, we will talk to you the following one. I had some, some other news and notes and Zach, we only have a couple minutes and maybe this is a longer deep dive that can be done. Uh, the college sports gambling stuff going on does not include Wisconsin clearly or, or hasn't. It's a good thing. They don't have a baseball team, right? Uh, Alabama baseball coach gets fired, and that's one thing. But the more the more noteworthy one is Iowa. Iowa was under investigation, and this one, from what I take, is because there were student athletes either playing fantasy football or or putting bets on other sports. Obviously, Iowa and Iowa State are not in season, so it has had nothing to do with the games. Ed brings up a question of whether you think they should be allowed to. Uh, but let's say the the deep the half deep fake of Mr. Ference up at the podium saying that no don't worry guys nothing i we would never point shave or, or blow games that's just ineptitude what you <laughs> see out on the field every saturday <laughs> couldn't imagine because and then some people started posting videos on twitter of iowa receivers dropping the ball and these are not even scholarship receivers the ones they had out to start the year yeah, the saying bad. look that's it that's an example of point shaving it's like buddy no they were just bad buddy if you did 10 seconds of research <laughs> you would you would understand why they were where they were. Why would you think that anybody on Twitter or otherwise would do any research? Spencer Peters throws a pick to Ohio State the first throw of the game. And a bad pick. It's like, okay, I can see how that looks like point shaving, but trust me. That's just Spencer. <laughs> it's not. That's just Brian Ferentz's offense. That's, that's, just who he does. that's just what he does. Could be high-powered this year. I like the Iowa over 7.5, by the way. Yeah, for sure. That's an easy one, I think. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Even though they get only Penn State. Oh, I, I'm going to talk myself into them. Winning uh, the West? Unfortunately, contending with Wisconsin. We'll just see the winner of that game. That could be it. All right. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Enjoy your week next week. Hopefully, no big news breaks. We'll talk to you in a bit. Have a good one. Adios.